Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Drag up that diesel. What's good? This is the Pigpen Podcast. I'm your host, Denton Day, at Denton underscore Day on Twitter. All right, so the schedule has been released. We are uh, we know who we're playing. We know when we're playing. Let's take a kind of a deeper dive into this. But as always, if this is your first time listening, be sure to subscribe to the Hogshaven podcast feed wherever it is that you get your podcast. All right, we're going to go through some uh, some top takeaways that I have to start, and then we will do our best to look at uh, some of the matchups for each and every single week. I'm going to do my best to not turn this into a win predictor podcast, considering we are in the month of May. The teams are not even together. They are not working out. So I feel like it would be relatively unfair to start making predictions as to how many games the team is going to win. We will see throughout the course of this podcast if I actually stay true to my word on that or if I just break out into a win predictor halfway through this thing. Uh, but let's start with some of the top takeaways. There are there are five things, really, that stick out to me. And the first of which, it's almost a little sad, to be honest. Not too, too sad, but a little sad. Uh, the first takeaway is that the NFL does not give a damn about Ron Rivera coaching against his former team. I was stunned when we when I saw the schedule and saw that we were playing the Panthers two days after Christmas. You would think that if the NFL and the powers that be, the ones who are in charge of crafting these schedules, and they do so with storylines in the back of their mind, you would think that they would have had this Redskins-Panthers game in like week six or week five or something that wasn't week 16. It just showcases that the NFL doesn't care about the Ron Rivera storyline, which is unfortunate. And I was watching the schedule release show. I was watching on ESPN. I was streaming it. I don't have the NFL Network stream. Um, So if you were watching on NFL Network, maybe you saw something different. But I was watching the ESPN stream, and they had these top 10 rivalry games because, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. is playing the Giants this year, and that was number one, and that's a big deal. But they were going through these top 10 rivalry games or revenge games, I should say. They were revenge, not rivalry, but they were revenge games. And Ron Rivera coaching against his former team, I would think, would be something we consider a revenge game. And ESPN decided, nope, we think Eric Ebron returning to face the Colts now that he's with the Steelers is a bigger revenge game than Ron Rivera coaching against his former team that he once led to a Super Bowl. So I thought that was just interesting. I don't necessarily care too much about what ESPN thinks 
on certain subjects, but I did just find it weird. I think that's the public perception is that most people don't care about Ron Rivera's return uh, to face Carolina, even though technically Carolina is coming here. But you get the idea. They just don't care about that storyline, which is unfortunate because I, I care, and I'm sure you probably care a little bit as well if you're a Redskins fan. You at least it's something to keep an eye on. So getting that at Week 16 kind of sucked a little bit. You know, there is a strong chance whether we want to. Uh, address this or not, there's a strong chance that neither of these two teams are going to be playing for anything at that particular point in time. So at least if it's in week five or week six or somewhere in the front half of the schedule, there is still this element of, hey, we are playing for something. But in week 16, I mean, you could have certain guys that are important to the team being shut down because there's nothing to play for. So I I just wish that game was a little earlier. That's the biggest negative I have um, from this entire schedule. And then just roughly continuing with the negatives, we'll just we'll get the negatives out of the way. We have one very tough uh, three straight road game stretch from week 12 to week 14 but as far as massive and I would say three consecutive games on the road is a massive road streak as far as massive road streaks go this one really isn't that bad I mean we start with Dallas on uh, week 12 which that's a Thanksgiving game Um, so the next game would be December 6th so we have roughly uh, a week and a half Uh, of break time before we then go to play Pittsburgh, who is not that far from us, and then we go play San Francisco. So it's a tough stretch, yes, but as far as three consecutive games on the road, I think this is the easiest way we could do that. Um, so it's the only it's the only three game road stretch we have on our schedule. Uh, we don't I don't believe we have a, a three game home stretch. So other than that, we have a relatively nice balance of home and aways. Uh, but that was just the one thing uh, that that three game stretch is, is something to, to to keep an eye on. But now let's get to the positives, right? Like let's all right, we got the negatives out of the way, we got the bad news. Let's shift our minds to the positive here. We have no primetime games. And that's awesome because we are not good in primetime games. And if you've watched any of our primetime games in the past 20 years, you would know we're not that good in primetime. So I am very, very stoked that we don't have any primetime games. Although technically, technically, the Thanksgiving game should count as primetime, but it doesn't. We're just not counting it as primetime. So we don't have any Monday Night Football games. We don't have any Thursday Night Football games other than that Thanksgiving game. And we don't have any Sunday night games. And I'm perfectly okay with that. I don't know. Um, I didn't really want to see this team play in primetime. I mean, you can you can take your primetime games and you can give them to someone else. We don't really need them. We have a couple late late games um, with the 49ers, of course. That one's on the road, so it has to be late. And then with the Cardinals in week two, that one's on the road, so it has to be later. But other than that, we're basically 1 o'clock starts every single Sunday. And I'm perfectly okay with that. In fact, I'm excited about that. I can get it a nice routine, watch the skins at 1 o'clock, and then transition to watching the other games uh, later in the day for some of the other stuff that I do in, in work-wise. So I like the I like the 1 p.m. starts. I think that's huge. I love the um, the middle of the, of the season bye week. It felt like for the past few years, we had early bye weeks. We were the victim of early bye weeks. Now, I did go back and actually like clarify that, and it turns out we had two back-to-back years, uh, like two and three years ago, where we had early bye weeks. But it just felt like, it just felt like we were the victim of early bye weeks. And I hate the early bye week. It's the worst thing in the world. Ideally, I would have liked to have the week nine bye, get it into November. But hey, I'll take week eight bye. I will take it. That's perfectly fine. I can I can live with that. I would have, um, 
yeah, I'll take the week eight bye. I mean, I don't want three straight divisional games with no bye, which is what we would have had. So I'll take the week eight bye. I like the middle of the week. It's better than week four because having a week four, week five bye week is literally the worst thing in the world. And that's not what this team needs. That's not what any team needs, quite frankly. But I don't care about any other teams other than this one. Um, so I, I like the I like that late bye week. That's that's going to be important. It'll be a nice chance to to regroup. And then on top of that, we play the Giants after the bye week. So that's that's our our three game divisional stretch. There we have at the Giants week six, home against Dallas week seven, bye week for eight, and then the Giants are here week nine. So we're going to get a bye week and then go take on the Giants again. I'm curious to see how Ron Rivera will have his team prepared post bye week. You know, we just got out of the Jay Gruden era, and we know that Jay Gruden didn't exactly do the best when it came to preparing his team during the bye week. So what are the differences going to be with Ron Rivera now in charge? How is he going to handle the bye weeks? And then, of course, welcoming in a divisional opponent after the bye week should ramp that up a little bit. So those are just sort of the biggest of the takeaways here. Um, if you have any other ones, please let me know. But I'm looking through this right here. I have this printed out on a piece of paper in front of me. Those are the biggest, the biggest, biggest takeaways. Uh, now let's kind of dive in here to some of the um, the actual games itself because there are there are a bunch of very fascinating storylines for some of these games. Some of them don't have fascinating storylines. I mean, let's just put that out there. We can't find a a cultivating storyline in every single game, but there are a couple ones that do have some really interesting stuff. So let's dive into these. We open the season hosting Philadelphia week one. Uh, we we kind of got a glimpse of this before the actual season seasonal schedule was, was released. J.P. Finley reported earlier uh, yesterday morning that we are going to get Philly to start. Um, so I... I don't know how I feel about starting with a divisional opponent. I would prefer to not start with a divisional opponent if we're just being honest. Kind of get your feet wet with somebody else before you get into the the real tough guys and the real games that actually, I mean, really, really matter. They have just a different level of of intrigue there. Um, but I will. I guess we'll take it. I'm not. I'm not exceptionally afraid of Philly. I'm looking at Philadelphia as a team that is going to get better over time. I'm not expecting them to come out and just be this awesome team. Although I do have flashbacks to uh, week one, 2017, when I didn't think they were going to be great. And then Carson Wentz just decided to be awesome. Uh, So that's going to be a big key for that game. Tackle Carson Wentz if you have him in the backfield. I was working at, I was working for uh, 980. This is back when they were ESPN 980, not the team 980 yet. But I was working on their street team and we would do these games. So we have like this Bud Light Pavilion thing set up. It's a really great spot. A lot of really good food, and we like we're doing our work here. And then after the game, like, hey, you're here. You get to go into the stadium. And I walked into the stadium, and literally the first play that I saw was Carson Wentz breaking out of what should have been an easy sack, and then chucking like a 60-yard touchdown. And it sucked. And I still have nightmares over that. So that's one thing that I'm frightened about. This is technically a home game. We know with Philadelphia, though, their fans are obnoxious and they travel really well. So hopefully. Hopefully that's not the case. I don't. I don't know what we should expect from Week One as it as it pertains to fans. Right, we're in this unprecedented time where the NFL is pushing forward as if we are going to have fans in the stands come Week One. But I just don't really know what to expect. Maybe it'll be a benefit to us if you were not allowed to sell out the stadium, which is not really a problem for us. But you get what I'm saying. If we're not, if we have like a cap. 
in terms of fans we are allowed to allow in the stadium, maybe that'll be a benefit. So we can kick that green, that ugly green jersey out of our stands. Kick them out. We don't need them here. Uh, so maybe that'll be a benefit uh, for us. But it'll be a fun game to start the year. I'm excited to see Terry McLaurin burn their defensive backs up because that is going to happen. You can guarantee that. All right, week two, we traveled um, to Arizona, take on the Cardinals. I hope our cornerbacks are ready. I saw that I saw that game on the schedule, and I was just like, oh, okay, here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is going to be the first real test defensively for us. I don't know how good the Cardinals are realistically going to be, but I know on offense, they're going to be really good. Kyler Murray was really solid last year. I think he's going to get better. And he's going to get better with the help of DeAndre Hopkins because when you steal a guy like him, your quarterback is bound to get better. The DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald combo, we have our work cut out for us in the secondary. So this is going to be a game right off the bat where our communication needs to be down. We need to know what we are supposed to be doing. I'm super excited that Jack Del Rio is the defensive coordinator, and I think that his scheme is going to be a lot more easy to understand for our defensive backs, and I think that's going to be a huge help for us. But this is going to be a game where we are going to learn a lot about our defense. I have high expectations for our defense. You have high expectations for our defense. We will learn about those in this game. We get the Haskins versus Murray uh, matchup. I don't know. I don't know if that's a rivalry. Are we calling that a rivalry? I don't really know. I'm fascinated by it. And I do think defensively, I'm not exceptionally, I'm not exceptionally scared of Arizona's defense. I love Isaiah Simmons and the fact that they got him was unbelievable. I mean, good, good on them. Uh, but I'm not exceptionally scared of their defense. So I do see this as a game where Dwayne Haskins can put up some numbers and that excites me a little bit. Uh, then we get a week three. We got the Browns. We are traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Um, remember at the beginning of this podcast where I said this wasn't going to turn into just a win predictor? I lied. We're beating the Browns. We're beating them. I don't know if we're going to beat the first two teams. I don't know if we're beating Philadelphia week one. Don't know if we're beating Arizona week two. We are beating the Browns week three. I do not care. We are not losing to Baker Mayfield. Dwayne Haskins is going to torch that defense up. And Chase Young is going to annihilate Jedrick Willis. And then we're going to look back at the Browns and say, you should have given us a first-round pick for Trent Williams, you dorks. Now, part of that is on Bruce Allen. And then we'll look at Bruce Allen and say, hey, you're also a dork. But we tell Bruce Allen he's a dork every single day. But we're going to look at Cleveland after Chase Young and after everyone on our defensive line annihilates their front, their front five. And then we're going to say, hey, you should have given us a first-round pick. So we're beating Cleveland week three. You can mark that down in the calendar right now. Um, and then, so with with Arizona being the big defensive test in week two, the second big defensive test comes in week four when we host the Baltimore Ravens. Now, there's, of course, always going to be this friendly, not-so-friendly rivalry between D.C. and Baltimore in general. They just can't get over the fact that D.C., much better city. It just is what it is. But, of course, they have the defending MVP, Lamar Jackson, and we, defensively, our strength is going to be our front seven, so it's kind of a clash of the titans right there. I'm excited to see what this turns into. I think there is a really good chance. I think there's a really good chance that we could surprise the Ravens defensively and that we could make Lamar Jackson's life miserable in certain extents. I still don't necessarily know how much I trust him as a definitive passer, so if we can put him in passing situations... I think we could have some really big success against Lamar Jackson. So that's something I'm really looking forward to there. That's a sleeper game. That's the first one on the schedule that I have really circled. I, I consider this one to be a circle game 
because we are going to learn a lot about our defense and we're going to learn a lot about our offense as well because Baltimore is, you're looking at them as one of the best teams in the AFC, if not the best team in the AFC. And Lamar Jackson is, of course, the defending MVP. But I do see it as a sleeper game. I think we can have a little bit of success against what they're doing offensively. Now, it's early. I'm not predicting a win for this one. I'm only doing that for Cleveland. But this is a circle game. This is going to be the first really, really fun game, hopefully, that we see on our schedule. And then we we stay home the next week. We get Sean McVay and the Rams coming in. This team does not scare me nearly as much as they did two years ago. I look at this Rams team right now, and I know Sean McVay is there. I like Sean McVay. He's an offensive genius. But this team does not scare me at all. I am not scared of Jared Goff. I am not scared of any of their weapons offensively. I'm still scared of Aaron Donald. He's the one dude. He's the one dude that still scares me. I'm not that scared of Jalen Ramsey. I'm looking forward to Terry McLaurin versus Jalen Ramsey. Terry's had some real success against every other top corner in football. He had success against Darius Slay last year. He had success against Stephon Gilmore last year. I don't understand why he can't have success against Jalen Ramsey as well. So I'm not scared of this Rams game at all. In fact, as our first five games go, because our first stretch of five games is going to be a difficult one, this is one of the games I'm least concerned about, which I'd never thought I would say with Sean McVay as the coach, knowing what we knew about that team two years ago, but they just don't scare me anymore. So I'm actually kind of, I like that game. And I like that it's in week five. I think at that point, we should hopefully be in some form of rhythm. And I think we could beat the Rams. That team, they're just not scary. Their new logo looks stupid, and they're just not that scary. And then we start the divisional games. We travel to take on the Giants, and we're getting our first glimpse of Dwayne Haskins with a full year of preparation as the starting quarterback, with a team and a coaching staff that is behind him taking on Daniel Jones, who will be in the same situation. We have talked our noise on Twitter, and I support all of the trash that we as a fan base have talked on Twitter saying that Dwayne Haskins is better than Daniel Jones because he is. Week six is when he's going to prove it. We're going to go into New York, and Dwayne Haskins is going to outperform Daniel Jones, and we're going to pick up that win. That's the second guaranteed win on this schedule. We're beating the Browns week three. We're beating the Giants week six. Dwayne Haskins is going for at least three touchdowns. He's going to torch Daniel Jones. And all of the trash that we have talked This entire offseason will be validated and that Dwayne Haskins will be seen as the better quarterback between those two individuals as he should be. Then we go to week seven. Back at home, Dallas comes to town. Hashtag beat Dallas. We want to beat the brakes off of them. At this point in time, it'll be midway through the season. I'm going to guess Dak Prescott's still not going to have a contract. That's still going to be something looming over this Dallas team. Beating Dallas this year is going to be extra special because you look at Dallas on paper and that's a team that's supposed to be really, really good. And by them not being really, really good this year, because I think they're going to have so many different distractions, particularly the Dak Prescott contract, it's just going to be so much fun to beat them this year. You're going to be able to rub it in their face just a little bit more. Like, hey, remember when you guys were supposed to be good and then we busted your ass? Then we get our, of course, our uh, middle of the uh, middle of season bye week there, and hopefully at that point we will have three wins, maybe three or four wins, and we'll be living good. 
Then after the bye week, we get a, a nice reunion with our good friend Danny Jones, Danny Dimes. He's coming back. He's going he's gonna to want his revenge after Dwayne Haskins kicked his teeth in the first matchup at, on his home turf. He's going to now come to our home turf, and hopefully it'll be the same result. I think the Redskins are a better team than the Giants are this year. I just do. So I'm expecting two wins, two of our divisional wins to come against the New York Giants. I just think we're better than them. Then we go to week 15 at, or week 10, November 15th, excuse me there. Uh, we go to travel, uh, take on the Lions. Uh, this is one of those games where it's like hard to pick a storyline here. I mean, if you really want to dive deep, you could say, oh, you know, Jeff Okuda, top pick. He went to Ohio State. Of course, we have Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, but we don't really have like a whole lot of history with the Lions. I don't expect them to be exceptionally good this year. They probably don't expect us to be exceptionally good this year. So that's just a middle of the season game. We're just like, all right, we're just playing the Lions. Cool. Keep it moving. And that's that. Then, then we have a storyline for you. If you are hungry for storylines, you're going to get a storyline in week 11. We welcome in the Bengals. It is the first matchup of Dwayne Haskins versus Joe Burrow. I don't know in the mind of Dwayne Haskins how much he is considering that to be a storyline. I know for a fact Joe Burrow is considering this to be a storyline game. This is circled on the calendar of Joe Burrow. I don't care what he says. I don't care what what his actions are. Joe Burrow wants to beat Dwayne Haskins. He does. He's LSU's golden child, but we know the history. Dwayne Haskins beat him out at Ohio State, and then Joe Burrow became LSU's golden child, won a Heisman Trophy, had the most prolific college football season that we have ever seen. He wants to beat Dwayne Haskins. I hope that Dwayne Haskins enters this game with that same energy, with that same mentality, wanting to beat Joe Burrow as bad as Joe Burrow wants to beat him. Because Joe Burrow is going to be ready for this football game. So I just hope mentally Dwayne Haskins is as well. That's going to be a big storyline to watch. It's going to be all over the national media for that week. I don't know what other games are going on on week 11. I don't really check the main schedule because I don't care that much. But that is going to be something that we are sold. Dwayne Haskins versus Joe Burrow for the first time since Haskins beat him out at Ohio State. So that'll be something to watch. And then we start that three-game stretch of all road games. Taking on Dallas on Thanksgiving. Playing on Thanksgiving is always exceptionally stressful, especially when not everyone in your family is a huge Redskins fan, and usually we host Thanksgiving at my parents' house, so everyone is there, and not everyone is a huge Redskins fan, or even if they are Redskins fans, sometimes sometimes they're just members of your family that you don't want to watch Redskins football with. That just is what it is. So that game is always stressful when it's on Thanksgiving, uh, but we do have a nice history. I was fortunate enough to see a nice reminder of the Robert Griffin years, on Twitter earlier this morning, and I very much enjoyed that, so hopefully we get something similar to that. I would love nothing more than to beat Dallas twice this year, as I'm sure each and every one of you are in that same boat, um, but yeah, I just don't, the Thanksgiving thing, not a huge fan of it, just just really not a huge fan of it, but if this is the one primetime game we have, fine, I will deal with it. Then we play Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh in a very similar boat to what Los Angeles was, I'm not that scared of Pittsburgh. They are not a team that jumps out to me as someone that we should be afraid of. They just aren't. I think their defense is fine. I don't think their offense is that good. This is a game that I think we could steal. Historically, we have not played well against Pittsburgh, and I get that, but I don't care. This is a new year with a new team. They have a new team. 
I think we can beat Pittsburgh. I'm not too worried about that one. And then we close off that three-game stretch with San Francisco. Please, for the love of God, just let this be more entertaining than last year's game because last year was dreadful. It sucked to watch. It was terrible. It was boring. I hated every single second of it. I'm sure you did too. It was a bad, bad football game. Just let it be better than what that was. I don't need another terrible, sloppy game with like nine points scored. We just, we don't need that. Let it be something fun. It's our return. We are facing Trent Williams. Not our return, but we are facing Trent Williams. Let Chase Young get four sacks. Let the defensive line just eat up San Francisco's offensive line. That's what I want to see. I just want to see somebody beat Trent Williams in that game. That's it. Is that too much to ask for? It might be too much to ask for. But I feel like it's not that much to ask for. That's all I want to see from that football game. Somebody beat Trent Williams. Beat him bad. And we'll be good. It'll end that little saga there, right? We'll be all right. Whew. That's off the chest. Trent, thanks. We just need to get that one out there. Um, so that'll be week uh, week 14. Then we travel back home. Another NFC West uh, opponent there was Seattle. Dwayne Haskins versus Russell Wilson. I used to hate Seattle. I really used to not like the Seahawks, specifically because of that postseason loss that I was constantly reminded of for the longest time. But this team is so different now. It's just basically hating the logo, and I don't really hate the logo that much. So not a whole lot of big-time storylines here. I mean, the Dwayne versus Russ thing is interesting, but that's not really a rivalry. That's just our quarterback versus a good quarterback. So this is a game kind of hard to get up for, at least on paper now. I mean, if we are in a playoff position, that'll be better. If we get a chance to play spoiler for them, that'll be better. But right now, on paper, not a whole lot going for me in, in this game. That's just me personally. Maybe you maybe you are intrigued about this game. Maybe you're excited about this game in Week 15. I don't really see anything on paper now that leads me to believe this is going to be a fantastic football game. Now, I just don't. Then we get to Week 16. It's the revenge game for Ron Rivera that the NFL does not give a damn about. We're taking on the Panthers. They are coming here. Uh, I just, I wish I'd say this at the start of the podcast. I wish this game was earlier. Uh, I like us a little bit more than I like the Panthers this year, although they went defense heavy in uh, in their draft. So that's something to be on the lookout for. But you're getting Dwayne Haskins and Teddy Bridgewater. Christian McCaffrey is getting his money. But there's a strong chance that, a lot of guys are going to be shut down for this game, and that kind of sucks, but it's the unfortunate reality of these games in Week 16. If there, if there's a strong possibility that one or both of these teams aren't going to be in serious playoff contention, and I think it's fair to suggest that one or both of these teams, Week 16, will not be in serious playoff contention at that specific point. So I, I just wish this game was earlier. This is the one thing of our schedule that sucks the most is having this game now. And then we close the season at Philadelphia with the potential to play spoiler, and we can just ruin their season, which would be so much fun. Um, I wonder I wonder how much Jalen Hurts will see in that game. I don't think we're going to see a ton of Jalen Hurts in week one unless something seriously goes wrong, and I'm not wishing for anything to seriously go wrong with the health of Carson Wentz. But in week 17... I would say that possibility is stronger. I think we're going to see at least some of Jalen Hurts at some point this season, right? Whether it be in the Taysom Hill style of role or because something went seriously wrong with Carson Wentz. Week 17 could be that time where we, as the Redskins, get our first glimpse of what Jalen Hurts looks like. And at least now, that is not something that scares me. In fact, it's something that excites me. 
because I don't think Jalen Hurts as a rookie is going to be spectacular. And I think our defense would have a field day with Jalen Hurts. So we see Jalen Hurts in Week 17 as the starting quarterback for the Eagles for whatever the reason is, consider that a win. Because Jalen Hurts is not going to beat the Redskins by himself this year. He just will not. All right, so that is the entire schedule. I would love to know your thoughts. What game sticks out to you the most? Do you have any takeaways that I missed? I don't like the game with the Panthers being in Week 16, but maybe there's something on this schedule that you dislike more. Let me know what that is. At Denton underscore day on Twitter or down below uh, in the comments section on hogshaven.com. And until then, I'll see you guys next time on the Big Ben Podcast. (laughs) 